This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, in studio one more time for the rest of the week, taking tomorrow off Christmas Eve to spend with our families and friends and kind of get last-minute preparations for the big day on Saturday, and then boom, right back at it on Sunday as we'll be at Allegiant Stadium for Week 16 action, the Raiders and the Broncos uh, live from Allegiant. Going to be fun. Very excited about that opportunity. Of course, we'll have the pregame pregame show at 10 a.m. Uh, my man Demon Cotton will be a part of that. We'll have some others a part of that. That'll go from 10 to uh, probably around about 11:15. Then we'll pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen for the official pregame show. That'll lead you all the way up to game time. But this is going to be the final show for the week, and it's kind of bittersweet. I'm fired up. I'm excited. It's a red polo day. I'm, I I woke up out of bed this morning and gave a big boom. You know, I was excited. I woke up the whole house, and that's okay. I'm all right with that. But Going to be a little disappointed missing missing tomorrow. So we got to go out with a bang, Demond. If we're oh, going to yeah. miss tomorrow, we got to go out with a bang. This is about to be the best show of the week. I don't know about that. No, I'm just kidding. Every I know day. How, I know how you were talking about yeah. like, oh, my Wednesday take. Right. No, no, this is the Wednesday take <laughs> every right here. Day, every day has got to be the best day. But no, I'm excited about uh, today's show as I am each and every day. Uh, any day we get to interact with Raider Nation and 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 talk and and have a, a lot of good communication as far as the, the text line goes and the phone line goes as well, plus deliver the news and the notes and uh, all the good stuff, great interviews. Uh, I, it's a great day for me. So very excited about what we're going to bring to you on today's show coming up at 2.30. Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, the accolades go on and on and on. He joins us normally following a Raiders game, but he was traveling on uh, on Tuesday, and so hey, we decided to push him back to Thursday, kind of give us a little bit of a recap of what he saw with the Cleveland game, and then also look forward to what's going to go on on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Usually he joins JT on Fridays, but since we don't have a a Friday show at all across the whole station, uh, it's all going to be just national tomorrow. You know, the morning tailgate's off, JT's off, we're off, and in the huddle's off. Um, It's just just right, right, that he joins us. So he's going to join us coming up at 2.30. Excited about that conversation. I'll tell you right now, I know Twitter's not the end-all, be-all, but I am not going to get into Gannon versus Carr like I've been seeing on Twitter all day long. I don't know how, <laughs> as a fan base, we have gotten to where we are. I really don't. And this is all I'm going to say about it. Gannon was a hell of a quarterback, and Carr's been a hell of a quarterback since the Raiders have had him. And that's all I'm going to say about everything else. All of this pinning stats versus each other, and who did this in their career, and who did that, and back and forth, and Twitter beef here, and Twitter beef there. I'm not going there. I'm not even going there. And uh, it's just it's just funny how how much fire all of a sudden just comes up because of a couple tweets here and there. So I just thought thought it was pretty funny as I saw that. And I had one tweet that said, hey, ask Jim Plunkett about uh, what's the most important stat. And I said, hey, I'm not not even getting involved in that Gannon versus Carr. I don't know how much you've seen about it on Twitter, but I'm not not going there. I've seen a little bit, but that's funny there. L, ask Jim Plunkett because he's not on Twitter. He sure ain't worried about no Twitter. He'd be like, what are you talking about? 
But yeah, wins. Period. That was Rich Gannon's last tweet because right. you know what's the most important stat? And he's saying, and wins. it is, and it is. I get it, you know. But it's just so funny to see people comb through Rich Gannon's career and like, well, he had two Hall of Famers and he had this, that, and the other. And Derek, it's just you. Can, I always Give say him this. some of those Pro Bowlers you had. I always say this. No matter what you want to do to make your argument, you can. If you're good enough. You can make your argument. Stats can help you make your argument. Players can help you make your argument. If you're good at what you do or, or you're passionate enough about your side of the argument, you can find a way to win. Because till this day, till my dying breath, I'll be like, Peyton Manning, better than Tom Brady. And, you, you, you and know, most people about, won't agree with you. Exactly. What about the rings? It'd be like, I'm not going to stop my argument. Right. Because it's, it's always. Yeah. And the funniest thing that I'll always say about, you know, arguments, especially sports arguments, when you're trying to compare people or eras, uh, my guy back in Texas, man, Nick from uh, in, in, in the, uh, I almost said in the cut, from uh, from Look At Me Now Barbershop. <laughs> That's my new barbershop, In The Cut. Shout out to my cats. But uh, no, uh, Look At Me Now Barbershop, he used to tell me when we used to get into arguments in the barbershop, he'd say, Q, just because you louder don't mean you right. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people have had to tell you that before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The people hey, out here in the hallway, I was just talking to, uh, to Kira and Sylvia, and they were like, why are you so loud? <laughs> why do you have to be so loud? And I said, because it's showtime. Let's go. And then, you know, in the hallway, everything echoes. The way that our front office is set up, everything echoes. So not only am I the loudest dude in the building, but when it's echoing, it's even worse. So, yeah, just because I'm the loudest don't mean I'm right. But it's, it's, that's, that's just a funny argument. So, no, I'm not going to go there with Jim Plunkett, but he'll join the show coming up at 2.30. 3 o'clock, Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He's going to join us, and he joins the show every once in a while. But I'm excited to have him on because Denzel Perryman made the Pro Bowl. He's not a starter, but he made the Pro Bowl. And it's funny, a lot of people uh, tripped out when the NFL gave their release yesterday of uh, all the Pro Bowlers because for some reason on NFL.com they didn't put the inside linebackers. So it looked like Denzel Perryman didn't make it. But the official NFL release, and I tweeted it out at your boy Q254 and also at r 920 AM, I tweeted that out there. It, it, it's on there. So Denzel Perryman, as we all know, we knew a few days ago that he was a pro bowler. He is the first Raiders linebacker that made the pro bowl since Matt Millen. I mean, just think that? about that. <laughs> just think about that. That goes all the way back to 1988. First Raider linebacker to make the Pro Bowler. And I know some of you are going to say, well, what about Khalil Mack? Well, he wasn't. When he went to the Pro Bowl, he was not listed as a linebacker. He was a DN. But isn't that something? Since 88. You weren't even born then, huh? Nope. <laughs> I couldn't do the math that well, but I knew it seemed like a long time. And how old are you? 25. So it's been more than 25 years since the last time a Raider linebacker went to the Pro Bowl. Man. I've always felt, and I know a lot of Raider Nation has as well, that the linebacking position has been, I don't want to say ignored, but it hasn't been addressed the way that it should be. I know that they've tried multiple times to go and draft a, a linebacker, and it just didn't work out. I thought, and this is just me, I thought Rolando McClain was going to be great. I did. When, when the Raiders drafted him, I was excited, super fired up. Didn't work out. You know, there's been other guys that the Raiders have drafted. Didn't shake out. You saw they went in free agency. Went and got Corey Littleton, Nick Kukowski. You know, they're okay. But they haven't had that linebacker that stud linebacker and and really the the one I always go back to the two I always go back to is Kirk Morrison and Thomas Howard and they were good they weren't great they were good and I'm a big Kirk Morrison guy really good friends with them so it's not a slight to Kirk Captain Kirk was always awesome but they were never elite they were really good but they were never elite 
that linebacking position for the Raiders has been ignored for not ignored. That's the wrong word. Just not been addressed properly for quite a while. So just to know, just to put that in perspective, Denzel Perryman is the first Raider linebacker since 88, since Matt Millen to go to the Pro Bowl. And the thing about that is, I mean, one, it's 88, but Denzel Perryman, remember, he was traded for before the season started. It's not like he was a free agent pickup. He was the guy they went and made a move for because that position all of a sudden got hit with injury. Yeah, he was an emergency. We right. Just need a body. And nobody, including myself, thought he was even going to be the dude. I thought it was going to be KJ Wright. Remember, everyone said, including me, hey, KJ's there. It's next level. Game changer. All offseason, it was they need to get KJ. They need right. to get KJ. Right. And Denzel, Denzel Perryman, Perryman was like, what was it, a fifth round pick? It was they well, it was funny. Uh he was originally a second round pick of the Chargers, but they No, uh, I mean the pick that they traded for him. Um I remember the the Panthers gave up Perriman and a seventh rounder for I believe a sixth rounder. I think it was a sixth rounder. Sixth rounder. Yeah, they I wow. mean the Raiders basically gave up nothing for him. And they got him and a seventh pit round pick in return. So that tells you all you need to know. But Vic put out a really good piece on the athletic about the linebacking core and put out a piece on Denzel Perryman, how surprised after seven years in the league that he is to be a pro bowler. I thought it was really good. So I wanted to kind of really just focus in. Of course, we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the defense. We'll talk about how COVID is impacting the game. Two more players on the Raiders have been uh, added to the COVID-19 list. We'll tell you about them in a minute. Our guy, Vinny Bonsignor, uh, he actually reported this a few minutes ago. So we'll pass, we'll pass that along. How, we're going to talk to Vic about Jonathan Abram being out for the season, how that's going to impact the game coming up, especially against a team that is a run-heavy team, you know, and that's something that plays right into what Jonathan Abram wants to do. So we'll get all that conversation with Vic Tafer coming up at 3 o'clock. I'm very much so looking forward to that conversation. Then Cassie Soto is going to close us out. No pressure, Cassie. No pressure. You're our last guest of the week. She's got to hit a home run. Yeah, you know, she's got to clear the bases. You know, she's she's got to clear the bases. When you told me she was going to be on the show, I was thinking about texting her and be like, be ready because, you know, I'm going to grill you today. Oh. No, yeah. What are you going after Cassie for? Spider-Man. <laughs> I love that you're focused. I love that the focus is there. He said Spider-Man. I was like, should I warn her? But I was like, no, 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 on the spot. And I know she's not. I hope she's not listening now because that'll spoil the surprise that I have. Okay. Well, yeah, let's not talk anymore about exactly. the surprise, but you're, 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 you're coming after her. Yeah. Okay. All right. Should I get that out of the way first, or do we do we want to wait? It's up to you. Do you want to? Uh, no. Hey, man. Look, you're. You, I can see you almost have a red polo on. <laughs> you almost. It's like a burgundy polo sweater. So he's almost there with me. Either either that. Either you're really focused and you're ready to have a monster day, or you and Kayla are going somewhere special after the show. And yeah, you know what? We're gonna start with Cassie, fresh out of the <laughs> gate. I'm done with Kayla talk. We had a good laugh about it. I I send her. I clipped a good eight minutes of audio. Did you really? Continuous audio. That's awesome. And I was like, yeah, listen to this. It's it's too funny. We had a good laugh about that it. That is funny. That's good. Good stuff right there. So that's the guest lineup that we have. Jim Plunkett at 2.30, Vic Tafer at 3, and Cassie Soto will close us out at 3.30. Of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Before... I throw out the topic that I have for you today because I do it every single day. I make sure that I come with at least one topic. want to add and let you know, Vinny Monsignor tweeted about 20 minutes ago that Roderick Teamer and Jermaine Illuminor have been added to the COVID-19 list for the Raiders. So Roderick Teamer is really the one I'm looking at and saying that could be a big blow. That guy is a very physical dude. That's a guy who gets out there on, onto the field, and you could play him down kind of in that Jonathan Abram role. You could kind of put him in different positions, but adding him to the COVID-19 list concerns is a concern for me for multiple reasons. One, Brandon Faison, 
outside uh, defensive back across from Casey Hayward. He was added to the list yesterday. Teamer and Illuminor are added today. Is there going to be some more added tomorrow? What is this Raiders roster going to look like? How many COVID-19 hits are they going to take before the game actually kicks off on Sunday? Will Nate Hobbs come back? It's another concern. You know, and this is something that I think all of us, I know I did, as a matter of fact, talked about going into the Cleveland game. What is this going to do? What is going against Cleveland that's decimated with COVID? How is that going to affect the Raiders after they go play them and they return to Vegas? What are their COVID numbers going to look like? I'm not saying that Cleveland is the reason why they got guys popping up. I'm just saying they have guys popping up. And that was one of my concerns moving forward. And then with the protocols now, they would need to have two consecutive negative tests. Like, are they already officially ruled out for this game? No, but the protocols test? aren't that. They only have to have one. Oh, only one negative they test. They only have to have one. Yeah, they, they, they're they able to come back. But my problem, not even a problem, but my concern is that they don't have to test unless they're feeling symptoms. So that's what, unless they're, I guess, unless they're close close contact, close tracing. You know what I mean? Because they've, they've switched up the, the protocols so much in the last, I don't know, handful of days it literally right it was like after tuesday new protocol right like let's confuse everybody so i'm not sure to be 100 percent honest with you i don't know when guys are going to come back i'm expecting nate hobbs to come back but that's just my gut feeling i don't have any idea there's nobody that's told us that i'm just thinking he's going to come back if he doesn't come back and teamers out and facing's out and Illuminor's out now you're starting to look at a problem starting to look at a problem and I guarantee you'll start getting Raider Nation tweeting like, hey, push the game back. Can we push the game back? But they ain't going to push the game back for us. you know. And, <laughs> and I understand. I understand exactly where they're coming from. We almost out here without a secondary. Right. Ain't nobody feeling sorry for us. Right, well, exactly. And honestly, I mean, and we said it on you know Monday leading into the game. What did that two days actually really even do? They moved the game back. The only thing it did is improve the weather a little bit in Cleveland. That's all it really did. And, and, and screw up the Raiders, you know, their, their routine and their schedule and what they were expecting. That two days didn't really do anything. Hardly anybody came back from Cleveland, and who knows how it affected the Raiders. So whatever the, the NFL and the NFLPA was attempting to do besides make sure everybody got paid, which I, I respect them for that because I ain't nobody. As much as I love doing this job, I guarantee you when it comes to payday, if Danielle says, oh, by the way, Q, we heard that you really love to do this job, and so uh, we ain't going to pay you for the last two weeks, that'd be a problem. That'd be a problem. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there, yeah, no, there would I'm be like, a problem. And I love this. I love this job. But there would be a problem. But it really didn't help anything. I think Johnson and maybe one linebacker who started. Oh, Mc, and, um, not McMillan. Tack. I can't think of Tack's last Oh, name. McKinley. Yes. And he ended up tearing his Achilles. Yeah. Like So it was only like two So he's like, players. damn, I wish I had missed yeah, that exactly. game. Just, <laughs> just said we would have played it on, right. on Saturday and we were supposed to. Right. Yeah. In shape. Exactly. Exactly. Got a quick text from Fabian real quick on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187. Then I'll throw the topic out there. Unnecessary roughness. Q, Demon and Cassie. We saw Spider-Man. No way home on Tuesday and we enjoyed it. Oh, maybe on our way home on Tuesday? I don't know. But anyway, No Way Home on Tuesday. Is that what it's called? Is that what the Spider-Man's called? No Way Home? Yes. Oh, okay. See, I don't know. I'm not oh, a movie guy. Oh, you were stumbling over yes, that? Yes, because I, I, I didn't understand what that meant. I'm not a movie guy. I was like, on our way home. Why would they see the movie on their way That's home? That's what I started to ask myself, but it didn't sound like a good sentence. We saw Spider-Man No Way Home on Tuesday. That didn't sound like a right sentence, so I thought that maybe there was an incorrect writing. That's the title of the movie. All right, my bad. My bad. <laughs> let, me, let me start over. We saw Spider-Man No Way Home on Tuesday, and we enjoyed it. But I like The Matrix Resurrections, HBO Max, better. That's from Fabian. So, again, I'm not a movie guy at all. I don't but, know. But you got to know The Matrix, though, right? I Man, come on, dog. 
I know what it is, but I ain't watching that movie. It doesn't. It it, it didn't entertain me when it was the first Matrix. What is it on? Like twelve? No, it's only the. It's the fourth. Fourth, fifth, eighth, tenth. What does it matter? I didn't. It, I didn't like it. Well, I didn't watch it the first time. So what makes you, you think? Didn't, what? Man, you didn't want to no. become like a computer programmer after that movie. You didn't question if you were living inside the Matrix. So the topic I have for you today on the show, because I'm just going to ignore that. You know, I didn't give a rip about no Matrix. That's a whole nother conversation. The show topic I have that I'd love to hear from you is 702-365-9200. ass text line, wide open like some old school TV antennas. I know about those. 69187, keyword R&R. Who needs to step up and be a difference maker on Sunday versus Denver? You know some guys that are out. By the way, the injury report is already out for Thursday. You know some guys that look like they could be out because of COVID. So who in your mind do you think needs to step up and be that difference maker, be that leader that the Raiders need to go and secure a victory on Sunday? And real simple, as we do before each and every game, what are the keys to victory? How do the Raiders go in there and get a victory? So who needs to step up? Who needs to be that lead dog? And how do the Raiders go get a victory? As simple as that, keys to get to the victory is what I'm looking for. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69 187, keyword R&R. Uh, got one text that says, myself and two other homies got COVID from being at L.A. versus Kansas City. Shaking my blanking head. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that the NFL has to balance because after the lockdown, you can't say to people, we opening things back up and now we're going to shut it back down. But for safety reasons, maybe it isn't the smartest thing that people are packing NFL stadiums. But you can't tell people that we're going to shut down and like not have fans any, in anymore. Well, so uh, I think Danielle told me this yesterday at our front office and our front desk, and she said people are just fatigued. They're just fatigued, and so it's just at some point you just you just want to get out. You just want to get out and do something. You try to do it as safely as possible, but you just want to get out there and do something. And I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, got a text from Mailman Raider at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R Q. I know there's three games left, but I think it's safe to say that Yannick's prediction that he and Max will be the best defensive end duo in the league is correct. We need to lock them up. And I think that they're one of the one of the better duos, but let's not forget about that duo that's in Cleveland. Let's not think, forget about Miles Garrett and, and Jadavion Clowney. Those are two really good duos. I do agree. Yannick and Max Crosby are fantastic. No doubt about it. Between the two of them, they have, what, 14 sacks? And I know that sacks aren't the only number that matters. I know that, that Max has been very disruptive. That's why he's going to the Pro Bowl. I don't know if they're the best. When you got a dude like Miles Garrett, I mean, you're already kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're almost winning. And, and the, the reason I say that is because Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney are also really good against the run, really good against the run. Garrett is just an all-around stud. He could do just about anything he wants including jump out the gym and dunk the ball. I mean, that dude is so damn athletic. When he was a, an Aggie back at Texas A&M, man, and just watching him up close to personal, he, he was a stud, and he's taken that game from college and translated it into a major way into the NFL. So, yeah, I do think Unique and, uh, and, and Max are definitely up there. I'd probably say that they're top three, top four duo in the, in the league, and I, I, I couldn't even off the top of my head tell you who the other ones are, but I know that Garrett and Clowney, they have to be up there. And they have combined for 20 sacks, um, Garrett 15, Clowney 5. Five, yeah. But, I mean, that's still combined for 20. Yeah. And that's the most sacks Clowney's had since he was in Houston. Right. And that's when he had another good book, book in in J.J. Watt. That's what he does. That's I mean, he needs he needs a, a, a Batman. He needs to be Robin. Even though he was the number one pick overall, so I'm not trying to discredit him, but Jadavion Clowney was the number one pick overall because of that hit that he had in college. 
It was such a good hit. I right, mean, exactly. Blew but him that's, up, grabbed the fumble. But too. the next year, the next year in college, he was okay. He wasn't great. He was like, I'm getting, I'm the number one pick. What do you mean? That's exactly right. Exactly. But that's how his motor runs. It doesn't run hot all the time. Matter of fact, that draft is when the Raiders got Khalil Mack at number five. And I remember debating this, and of course, nobody here is going to be able to back me up on this because I wasn't here. But in Central Texas, I was pounding the table because, of course, Houston is right there. I kept pounding the table and saying, the Texans need to go get Khalil Mack. He's actually a better prospect than Clowney is. Clowney is living off of one hit, but for what Romeo Cornell wanted to do with the Texans' defense, I thought Mack was a better fit. Now, I was very happy when Mack fell to number five and the Raiders got him. I thought, hey, Houston, you're bad. And you saw what happened. Clowney wasn't, wasn't healthy all the time. He, his motor didn't run hot all the time, but when he has a, a, a Batman across from him, he could be a hell of a Robin, and that's okay. That's like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. It's okay to be Scottie Pippen. He's a Hall of Famer. I know he's got some issues. Those are some other issues. That's another conversation. He's got some issues these days, but being Scottie Pippen's okay. Everybody ain't got to be Mike. I wouldn't mind being Scottie. I just wouldn't sign that. T- yeah, I probably would. <laughs> I probably would be that guy that signed that 10-year contract that thought it was a lot of money, and it really wasn't. That'd probably be me. I'd probably do that. How many millions? Not enough. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough, but I'd be the first one to the front of the line to sign it. I'll sign it before they change their mind. Uh, got a text here, 69187, keyword r key player, Josh Jacobs. That Denver secondary is elite, and we need a strong running game. That's from Kevin. P.S. Kansas sucks. A little less with it being Christmas, but it's still pretty sucky. P.S.S. Spider-Man. Whatever the end of the No Way Home is the best Spidey movie ever, and Cassie needs to watch it with those trash takes. Cassie's going to get slandered the whole show. I can feel it coming on. The smile on my face right now. Thank you. Mailman Raiders responded to my take and said, I'll take Max and Jan over Clowney and uh, and uh, Garrett. Okay, that's fine. I respect that. I mean, <laughs> we're splitting hairs here. They're both damn good. You know, I'm, I'm not, I mean, it's not like I'm trashing them. I'm just saying that, I mean, if you just look at the numbers alone, it's one of those, when you take a like a good duo, do you want the guy who's obviously the best player? If we're ranking them one, two, right. three, and four, right. do you want number one and four, or do you want two and three? Right, exactly. Got a good text here from the 707, talking about Raider linebackers. Mike Jones, who? Mike Jones was pretty good, too. He was. He really was good. Mike Jones, you should know who Mike Jones is. You actually should remember Mike Jones. Well, probably not. You're probably too young. You remember Tennessee getting stopped at the one-yard line in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. You know who stopped your wide receiver at the one-yard line, right? Let me guess. Was this this Mike Jones character (laughs) you're speaking of? Yeah, Mike Mike Jones. Jones! Who? Mike Jones! Yeah, he had that stop at the one-yard line. I remember that because when it happened, I was like, oh, that was an (laughs) X-Raider. That's exactly what I remember. That's exactly what I said. I think I was driving back from Merced. I had just gotten off the radio that afternoon, and I was driving back from uh, Merced, and I thought, oh, that uh, that was Mike Jones, the former Raider. So, yeah, good text right there. Uh, definitely appreciate you. Uh, we got one more that I'll get to. Do we have a call that I need to hit real quick? Uh, we got ABA Ivan Davis. Okay, hold on real quick. Let me hit this Let me hit this uh, text line, and then we'll go to ABA Ivan Davis, then we'll take a quick break. Uh, this one comes from, it doesn't have a name, but it's from the 479. Q and Dem- oh, it is. It's Fargo Raider. My bad. Uh, Q and Demon. Fargo Raider again. I think that we need Carr to have a big game, especially on third downs. We need to help our defense out like they have so far uh, now that we're looking at being thin in the secondary. May have to get to Renfro. May have to get Renfro out there as a safety. <laughs> the run game needs to do it. 
at least as well as last week. And finally, the bookends along with the D-line need to get home often to help out the secondary. Merry Christmas, Q and DeMond. Thank you for getting down every day with Raider Nation. Just win, baby. That is from Fargo Raider. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like the other texture said, though, that, uh, that Bronco secondary is elite. You don't want to make too many mistakes against them because they will make you pay. So I think that the, there needs to be a heavy dose of the run game. And unfortunately for the Raiders, there hasn't been a big heavy dose of the run game. But like Fargo Raiders said, if they could do put out the numbers that they did last week, it gives them a chance. It opens things up a little bit. So, yeah, I think that they need to at least between Peyton Barber and Josh Jacobs need to hit 100 yards. They really do. They need to be right at that 100 yard mark to give themselves a chance to stay on track, stay on, you know, stay, stay, uh, you know, uh, don't make the the down and distance too long. You don't want to get behind the chains. That's got to be able to. That's got. It's got to be a factor. And then also, you've got to have Derek Carr. And it, I mean, without Waller, if he doesn't play, and it's trending towards him not playing, Zay Jones is going to have to step up. It's going to be a healthy dose of Hunter Renfro. Deshaun Jackson's going to have to hold on to the rock. You know, when he gets his targets, he's going to have to catch him and make something of it. And Brian Edwards, man, I I respect the the extra effort that he was given on Monday, but he can't put the ball on the ground. Can't put the ball on the ground. That catch he made over Denzel Ward, outstanding. That drop he made a little bit later, terrible. You can't do it. And also, I know it's like it's jokingly tongue in cheek, like Hunter Renfro at safety, but but I'm starting to think about it now. It's like they cannot afford like so, like if someone just twists an ankle, maybe oh, no. needs to take a couple series off. The they problem, cannot afford that this game. No, the problem is it's looking like you're going to see Dallin Levitt out there at safety more often, and you don't want that. That's not who he's there for. I mean, I know he's on the field probably more than anybody in Raider Nation wants to see. He's a really good special teamer. He's not a really good safety. He's just not. He's made some plays here and there, but let's just keep it 100. He's not the best safety out there. You really don't want to see him out there. Tyree Gillespie is maybe a game that he gets a burn. Gus Bradley talked about him a little bit earlier. He might get some opportunity. I'd like to see him out there and at least see what he could do. Real quick, before we take a break and get to Jim Plunkett, let's hear ABA Ivan Davis. What's on your mind this afternoon? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, Quick story. We had an exact scenario, okay, with me coaching football, where we played a team called the Islanders. Just to put it in perspective, this was basically a Division One. Was that Pacific? Uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the Pacific uh, Islanders. Yeah, yeah. I played. I played against them when I played for the uh, Fresno Pirates, and they whooped our tail. Yeah, we had to play them in the night, and we were <laughs> undermanned. Was I think we only brought like 50% of the team, so it wasn't COVID, but it was the same. But we whole team has to step up. What our leader did, he walked up, he pulled everybody to the side and said, anybody not ready to play, go home now. This is a bloodbath game, and this is the only way we're going to survive. They're coming here thinking that they're going to dominate us. This was a this was a conference playoffs, too. And we played them to a standstill. We held that team to – seven points all the way to the last two minutes of the fourth quarter because everybody sold out. Nobody looked at the score. We just hit them in the mouth all game long. That's what the Raiders are going to have to do to Denver. Everybody got to step up. It doesn't really matter who who everybody got to do it. I mean, this has got to be a bloodbath game. Okay, okay I like in order it. to survive. I like it. And, go ahead, go ahead. And uh, last thing, I did the 12 days of Christmas. I don't know if there's time for that, but uh, uh, Go ahead. Knock it out real quick. Go ahead. Okay, uh, 12 conference championships, 11 defenders tackling, 10 coaches coaching, 9-plus losing seasons, 8 interceptions, 7 Arshel Pancakes, 6 Ray Guy Bombs, 5 Super Bowl bids, 4 Madden Booms, 3 Lardy Lombardi Trophies, 
two two-man crew member. <laughs> Messed that one up. And there's only one nation, Raiders, baby. All right, there he is, ABA Ivan Davis. Good try. Good try. I like that. Good effort. I did think about that all night. I like that. ABA Ivan Davis, good thing. And I, I like the call, man. Bloodbath. Hit him in the mouth. Let the Raiders go out there and hit the Broncos in the mouth multiple times. That's definitely one of the keys to the game. So appreciate the call. 227 is the time when we come back. The two-time Super Bowl champ, the MVP of the Super Bowl, Jim Plunkett, will join the show. This is Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Jumping back into Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Pleased to have on the phone lines the two-time Super Bowl champ, the Super Bowl MVP, a Heisman Trophy winner. That is Jim Plunkett. And, Jim, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you. The the Raiders picked up a last-second victory over Cleveland on Monday, and they, they kept themselves in the mix. So if you're in the mix right now, knowing you have three games to go, you have a division opponent at the house. What is the message in the locker room that you'd be passing along? Well, it's, you know, it's always about concentration, focus on the game at hand, uh, not worried about what everybody else in the league is doing. Uh, just get your job uh, uh, done once you take the field. And, you know, and that's the way you have to look at it. And everybody's got to concentrate on what they have to do on each and every play, uh, you know, what the defense is offensively, and uh, make sure you take advantage of that. And defensively, you know, uh, you know, play their tendencies and try to stop them at their game. You know, this time of year, nobody's 100% healthy. The Raiders are pretty banged up. They haven't had Darren Waller for some time, and I don't know if he's going to play this week or not, but if he doesn't play, Derek's looking at the guys that are out there, and and how does the offense, how do the coaching staff, how do they kind of make up for having the big-time playmakers like a Waller out? Well, you know, so every, somebody's got to step up, uh, you know, and uh, you know, make the plays that uh, that Waller won't be there to make if he doesn't isn't it, if he isn't able to play, and you know that's the way you have to look at it. You know, each, each and every guy's got to do their job, and maybe maybe a little bit more than their job in order to make up for the loss of Waller. Would this be a, a situation where you feel like maybe Derek has to take a few more chances and, and and give a young guy like an Edwards another opportunity, or give a guy like Deshaun Jackson another deep shot opportunity just to try to open things up a little? bit you know i don't know what their thinking is going into the game but uh, yeah you want to give confidence to the other guys you have to fill in for waller there's no question about it uh but you know you want to be careful on your on your play selection your field position uh once you once the game starts and maybe you'll find somebody hot uh, stepping up in place of waller and uh, get him the ball more or you know just look for other receivers you know running their routes down the field you know, telling them, here's what you've got to do to help us win the game. And, uh, you know, you, hopefully somebody will step up in that spot. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And the Raiders on Monday, they came out of the gates pretty hot. Uh, they went right down the field and scored a touchdown. But, Jim, they weren't able to sustain that and, and uh, had to get that field goal at the last second uh, to win the game. How, as an offense, do you try to keep that, you know, that, that consistency and, and get down the field a few more times to get into the end zone and make things a little easier on your defense? Uh, well, you know, what, you know, every game is different. You know, uh, sometimes you start off hot, or, or you, uh, and if you don't, you, uh, you know, maybe in the second half you, you come together. But, you know, the, the object is to win the, the football game, and they held the, uh, the team down to only 14 points, came up with a, a, few, a great drive at the end of the game to, to – to win the game, and you know, sometimes you know, everything doesn't always work out the, the way you planned it. But you've got to find a way to win, and and they did by you know, driving the ball down the field and kicking that field goal. 
uh, for the game winner. Uh, you know, it's a very exciting football game. You don't want it to go that way, but sometimes <laughs> games just turn out that way. Right, exactly. I mean, sometimes you just got to find a way to win like you did, like you said, and, and the Raiders did do that. And I think I've asked you this before, but Derek Carr has a knack for getting the, the ball down the field when, when he has to and making a comeback. And, and I know everyone doesn't want to come from behind to have to win a game, but Derek Carr is really good at that. Is there just kind of a, 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 a switch that is flipped in the mind of a quarterback when he knows I got to have it right now? Oh, sometimes there's no, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of teams, you know, at the end of a game, you know, falter. They can't get the job done. Uh, and the quarterback is a little shaky back there because there's so much pressure on the quarterback to perform, especially when as time's running out. But Derek, you know, is a longtime uh, quarterback back there for the Raiders, and, you know, he's, he's kind of uh, – Cool and calm in those situations, and as a quarterback, that's what you have to be. You got to find, call the play, uh, find the receiver that's going to be open. You know, look the defense over. You know, who has the best chance of becoming open? Uh, and uh, Derek's able to do that. He, you know, he's pretty calm. Uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, when the game's on the line. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And one of the points that you've made multiple times is you've got to take a shot into the end zone. Instead of just throwing the, you know, the, to the sidelines, to the boundaries, you've got to take some shots into the end zone. And they did that on Monday. You know, uh, Derek Carr hit Brian Edwards on a tough uh, catch and pass. Uh, it, right. was, it was really tough. But Brian Edwards made that play. Uh, one, what do you see from Brian? Do you, can you see him as a guy that can continue to develop and be really that red zone threat for Derek Carr? Well, you know, I, I think there's no doubt about it. He's got great speed, uh, you know, and he's just getting better as this, uh, as his, you know, uh, experiences and his pass catching uh, continue. And uh, you know, sometimes, you know, just like when I played, you know, uh, Cliff was a big playmaker, but Bobby Chandler was the guy, you know, for me in in clutch situations. As was Raymond Chester, uh, and you know, they made the big play when you when you really needed it. And you know, Brian Edwards is is becoming that kind of player. Yeah, no, he he really is, and I've I've said it so many times. The way he catches the ball, he doesn't let it get to his body; he just catches it with his hands, and, and that's when he's really at his best. But he's got to be consistent. You know, he put one on the ground on Monday as well. Right, so, uh, how, how much um, trust do you have to develop? I mean, how much does that kind of set back that trust factor when you see a guy put a ball on the ground? Well, you know, you got to, you know, sometimes you go right back to him. You know, build up his confidence. Don't let him get down on himself. Because uh, sometimes, you know, when when a, a player drops a pass uh, uh, like that, you know, uh, you know he's, he gets down on himself. And you know, you, sometimes as a quarterback, you got to pull him out of it. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Denver comes into Allegiant Stadium with a very stout defense, especially against the pass, but they're a little suspect against the run. So is this a game that you feel like a guy like Josh Jacobs and Peyton Barber, they really have to step up, even though that run game hasn't been as solid as they'd like it to be this year? You know, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, Denver is defensively pretty good against the run, but, you know, you've got to step it up a little bit, make things happen on the ground. Uh, but, you know, you, you know, if that doesn't work, you've got to go to, you know, you're throwing the ball a little bit more down the field and coming up with some big plays. You know, they handled them pretty well that first time. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, you know, there's hope that they can do that again. But if not, you know, obviously they know Denver's going to make some changes, try to shut down what worked for the Raiders in the first game. So, you know, it's a, it's a guessing game as you go along. You'd like your running game to work and work efficiently, but sometimes if it doesn't, you've got to, you know, do other things to, to move the ball down the field. When you went up against really good corners like the Denver Broncos have and Darby and, and Patrick Sertan, who's a rookie, but he's playing really good ball at this point, did it ever change your mindset or did you just say, hey, that's just another guy out there with a number on him? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, you know, you, you tended to stay away from, uh, you know, a certain individual who is really, really good. 
But, you know, you can't let him sit out there and take one of your best players away. Uh, you have to go after him a little bit. And, you know, I'm a guy who's always took, taken chances, uh, uh, you know, down the football field. And, you know, and I'd like to see that to continue with uh, Derek Carr, and I'm sure he will. Uh, you know, I know they're stout uh, corners, but, uh, you know, we've got some guys who can run and catch and, you know, at least test them somewhere down the field. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Raider Nation Radio 920. One stat that stood out to me uh, about the Raiders and Derek Carr this season is that they actually lead the league. They have 263 yards in penalties that they've received on pass interference, meaning that Derek Carr is throwing the ball down the field and pass interference is getting called quite a bit. That means, I mean, that's that's to me, it's, it almost feels like a really good strategy that the Raiders could use. Hey, if we throw it down there, either our guy's going to catch it or there's a real good chance that a pass interference is going to get called. Yeah, I didn't know about that stat, but, you know, it's, it's good to know something like that. You're right, you know. Uh, the Raiders like to continually throw the ball down the field, and, and sometimes these guys overplay it thinking they can run faster than the guy that they're guarding, and, and they find out they can't, so they have to, you know, interfere uh, with the receiver. And, you know, that's also a big plus. You know, some people don't think about that. Sometimes even in your mind as you're dropping back, you know, I'm going to throw it to him. He may not catch it, but... You know, he might be interfered with, and that might give us, a, you know, an advantage down the field. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, Jim, before we let you go, as I mentioned, uh, the Raiders are still in the mix. They're sitting there at 7-7. Seven right. and seven. Uh, Denver comes to town. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. There's three games left to go. I mean, it, it's if you're at home, you got to feel pretty good about this. But uh, you're coming off of Christmas. You know, how does that change? Does that affect anything, knowing that you may have some family in town, some friends in town? Does that kind of distract you from the job at hand? You know, I don't hope it makes them play better, you know, actually. But, uh, uh, no, everybody's in the same boat. So, uh, you know, they're going to go out there and, and hopefully do the job that's required and, and get a victory. You know, you're right. You know, but if you look across the league, you know, they're, everybody's 7-6, and 8-6, eight and eight, mm-hmm. whatever they are. Uh, but it's all very close except for a few teams. So, you know, they got a great chance to make the playoffs the way the season's going now and, you know, and, you know, concentrate on this game first, but then, you know, the next three down the road. Final question for you. Uh, A.J. Cole, the punter, Max Crosby, defensive end, and then linebacker Denzel Perryman, all three of those guys were elected to the Pro Bowl. Uh, first time for all of those guys. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on th- those guys getting that, uh, that nice nod right there? Oh, that, that means that, you know, they're very well respected throughout the league. They got the votes that uh, was required to get them in the Pro Bowl, and, you know, and kudos to them because they did a very fine job this year, as long as a lot of other players uh, with the Raiders who, you know, sometimes you just don't get the breaks and you don't make that Pro Bowl team. But, uh, you know, it's well-deserved. No doubt. No doubt about it. Jim, well, thank you so much for your time. As always, we do appreciate you. I know that you'll be in attendance on Sunday, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Always a pleasure. Let's go Raiders. There he goes, Jim Plunkett, the great Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, Super Bowl MVP, Heisman Trophy uh, Award winner. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on, and uh, always a, a pleasure to have him on the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Many thanks to Jim. 2.40 is the time. When we come back, we'll get to some more of your calls. We'll get to some more of your texts. We'll close out hour number one. As a matter of fact, before we do that, Demond, you're going to be so proud of me. You're going to be so proud of me right now. We're going to do... What I always forget to do, but we're going to do it right now. We're going to get you in to win. Caller number nine. Hit us up. 702-365-9200. Clay Baker's Ultimate Holiday Tailgate Hookup. You're going to get a two-foot sub guaranteed from Porta Subs, but you're going to get in to win. This is the most important part. The Clay Baker Ultimate Holiday Tailgate Prize Pack. A charcoal grill. A pop-up canopy. Two camping chairs. A cooler and a Bluetooth speaker. Not to mention a six-foot sub provided by Porta Subs. So, Right now, call number nine. I'm trying to get you in to win. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen. You listen to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 247 is the time. Final show before the holiday break. We'll be off tomorrow. Obviously, on Saturday, we will be at the Rockstar, though, Saturday night. So anyone coming in town, make sure to join us. Damon may bring, bring Kayla with him. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself, dog. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I just taught Damon that in radio, everything, your life is an open book. Like, you, everything that you do in your life will all of a sudden come out on the radio, whether you like it or not. No, no, but something that Kayla and I were talking about, because this all started because a couple of my friends, they came yeah. out to the OYO, yep. and then they wanted to put me on blast about the party. And I'm the last person you should tell anything to that exactly. you don't want and on the so radio. I don't, I don't know why they out here just t- telling information about my life, <laughs> but Kayla was like, did you tell them about the party? And I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't put them on blast. But Kayla's right. It was five dudes in a hotel party. Yeah, that's not okay. I wish you had told me that from like Listen I don't know to that, Monday. Raider Nation. That- who, <laughs> who among you? Nah, I, I wouldn't have gone to that party. I was exactly. getting that party too. Y'all want me to bring my my fine friend to a party with five dudes in a hotel? You know room? what we used to say back in the day, and I can't say the full thing. Five blanks and no chicks is all bad. Exactly. <laughs> I made the right choice. Yeah, yeah, you did, but you should have told me that on Monday instead of talking about it on Wednesday. And now it comes up to Thursday. You should have definitely told me that because I would have had your back. That's not my kind of I party. I spare them the embarrassment from looking lame. They did look pretty lame. And I'll see them again. <laughs> and I'll put them on blast. Because I'm the guy. I had a buddy that I worked real tight with. Matter of fact, he's been on the show before. Steven Simcox. He covers TCU. He was on my show, and he was going to get married. And so he was going to propose to his girl over the break. Everybody in my radio station building knew except for me. And me and Steven are tight. So when he comes back, he's like, oh, we got engaged. I said, how did you not tell me? And he said, would you have said it on the air? I said, well, absolutely. So that's why I didn't tell you. (laughs) Hey, everybody just want to give a big shout out to my boy Steven. Yeah. Hasn't done it yet. But it's on the way. He's like, you can't keep anything off the radio. That's why I didn't tell you. And I said, okay, you're, you're a smart dude. You got, you know, I tell it all. And it's just one of those things that you just have to get used to. Once Q finds out about it, everyone's going to find out about it. 250 is the time. Who we got up first on the uh, Raider Nation listener line? We got Raider X in the Inland Empire. Raider X, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Quick shout-out to you, Q, man. Great job. Just caught your uh, replay on the pregame show with uh, JT. Oh, thank man, you. Man, man, like a technician. You broke it down, brother. Somebody <laughs> did their homework. Thank you. Somebody thank did you. their homework. That was deep. Look hey, at you. That's what I do. That's what I do. Man, you got to get a chalkboard. Right. Man, you Looking good. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to put this this question out there and get everybody's insight on it. Um, in regards to um, Jackson, I don't know if everybody, anybody's talked about it, but him going down a couple times prior to contact, mm. how do you guys feel about that? I understand he's an older dude. He's trying to preserve his body. But, you know, we're playing for, you know, desperation, trying to make the playoffs. You never know. Sometimes he might be able to break that tackle and take it to the house. 
anybody feel a kind of way about that? I just want to get your thoughts on that, and I'll let that be. Hey, go- other than that, man, you guys have a blessed holiday season. Take care, you guys. Hey, you too, my man. Appreciate you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you and your family, man. Uh, blessings to you this holiday weekend. Be safe out there as well. And I'll say this. When it comes to Deshaun Jackson and the way he goes down, I think he, in his mind, especially like you mentioned as an older guy, I think he realizes what he can get, and then it's time to get down. You know what I mean? Instead of, and I'll use this as an example, like Brian Edwards, I love his fight. I do. And I like him as a player. I like him a lot. I've been talking about Brian Edwards for quite a while. Just the way he catches that ball. He just sucks it in there to his hands. And that's what you're supposed to do. But on Monday, the fight was over. You know what I mean? The fight was over and he was still fighting and then he fumbled. And really, and Damon, you pointed it out while we were at the Oyo. You're like, he didn't, they didn't even punch the ball out. It was just him fighting, 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 and it just popped out. And also going back to Deshaun where it's just everybody likes to say, oh, he's old, he's a vet. People like they grew up watching him. You don't get to stick around that long if you're not smart about it. You don't Sometimes make you got to make business decisions, yeah. Because <laughs> there are probably some cats that's the same age as, like, let's say Calvin Johnson. He retired early. He's like, yo, man, body banged up. Right, right, right. Look, Cam made a business decision in the Super Bowl. He ain't been the same since. But, no, I mean, going back to D-Jax, I think, I think he's smart enough to know I can get this much and then I, I can't get it's over. The fight's over. Let me go on and get down. Especially because his plays in particular, what, 14, 15, 20 yards. So he has already picked up most likely a first down, has already had a pretty big play. With me, when it comes to D-Jax, he just needs to catch the ball. Yes, because I thought what I thought he meant was saying is like, because there was one play on, on Monday where it looked like he was already falling. He was afraid of the contact that was about to hit and that's him, when he, and then he dropped the He pass. dropped the ball, yeah. He was about to go down. Or he was trying to run without the ball, and you've got to catch the ball first. But, yeah, it did look like he was on his way down. Uh, again, man, I mean, as a 14-year vet in the league, I think that he at this point kind of knows what he's what he's going to get and what he's not going to get. Yeah, because, like, you don't stick around at 35 at that position if you're not being smart. Right. No doubt about it. Uh, let's hit the Sam and Ash text line real quick uh, at quick at 69187, keyword R&R from Cucamonga Raider. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm rolling with Colton Miller, who needs to come up big this weekend. Not because his play is lacking, but he needs to channel his inner incognito nastiness, grab each one of those offensive linemen by the face mask, take command of that line, and let them know they came here to take care of business against a division rival. Going forward, they ain't taking no crap. I need a damn leader on that line. Happy holidays, guys. Cucamonga Raider. I'm not mad at that. I would like to see more of that, honestly. I would like to see more guys come out there with that aggressiveness and that anger and that, hey, let's go. We ain't taking no blank today. I would like to see more of that, to be 100% honest with you. That's something that that just needs to happen, you know, and especially, man, you got to look at yourself. And we said this, we said this all season long, man, going back to August before the season started. These guys need to look in the mirror and say, today, I'm just going to be better than the next guy. You know what I mean? At, at some point, even even throwing the rock, I, I just talked about it and we talked with Jim Plunk and I said, hey, you know, the Denver Broncos have a really good secondary. Patrick Sertan is a stud and then Ronald Darby is pretty damn good himself. But at some point, someone on that Raiders line, that, that those wide receivers need to say, I'm just going to beat you. I'm going to be better than you today. You know, if it's D-Jax lined up against Darby or whoever he's lined up against, I'm going to beat you. I'm about to get open for a 25-yard pass, and D-Car is going to hit me. I mean, sometimes it's just a mentality of I'm going to be better than you today. And there's nothing you can do about it. I own you. And it, and it comes with like when you know you're getting those targets, this play is designed for you. I know it's easy for us to say, but you just got to catch the ball. Like, get rid of those mental mistakes as well, where it's just like when you come into the game day, if you're just like, hey, I'm that dude today. Right. I feel like that 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 erases those mental mistakes that players have. Right. You're right. not in your head because you already know, like, I'm going to be the best player on the field today. Exactly. Exactly. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. 
I don't care if it's Sertan. I don't care if it's Diggs. I don't care how good that corner across from me thinks he is. Right. He's better than me today. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You coming in our house? I mean, it's just again, it's just a mentality. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna let you be me, be better than me. I'm just not. You know, just like just like my man Raider X said when he was talking about the pregame show that I went on with JT and Eric Allen. You think I was gonna go on there and get caught slipping? <laughs> you think I was gonna go on there and make an ass of myself? And this is not this is not discrediting him, but I knew when I walked in that building, I knew I was gonna be on point. I didn't know what questions they were gonna ask me, but I knew I was gonna be on point. And that was after doing what a three-hour show that morning at the Oyo. Yep, yep. Man, come on. When I got back to the Oyo, I was walking around, man, cock of the walk, man. I had the I had the feathers out, I and mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I knew, I knew that that was gonna be on point. Well, I knew you were gonna have to make up because you went from hosting, co-hosting, right, right. So now you just got your segment. So I was like, oh, he gonna make the most of this. Exactly, exactly. But I knew the confidence I had when I walked in the 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 M Resort. I said, I'm about to kill this because I want to show that I can do this at any time. And at any time that JT needs me to come on or wants me to come on or blesses me with the opportunity to come on, whether on the phone or in person, I'm going to kill it. So, yeah, that's why I was on point, because there was no way I wasn't going to be on point. That's just how I roll in a situation like that. I'm not going to get caught slipping. I was at the barbershop last week getting my hair cut, and one of the barbers said, hey, man, I, I got the be- better part of you in this conversation today. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call the radio station and get you. I said, well, one, we in the barbershop chilling. You can have all the accolades you want. But you get into my ring, it's a different ball game, brother. It's a different ball game. <laughs> it ain't as easy as you think it is just hollering across the barbershop at each other. There's no strategy that goes into this. 2.56 at a time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He'll join us. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.